Walter Brown here for Oceans Behavioral Hospital in Biloxi. October is National Substance Abuse Prevention Month. Kim? Substance abuse affects millions in the United States, yet more than 93% go without treatment. Substance abuse doesn't discriminate based on age, gender, race, or economics, but neither does recovery. The road to wellness is possible at any stage, and we believe everyone deserves support, compassion, and treatment. For more information, visit OceansBiloxi.com. Let's get the radio side going as we have to make room for Bill WD-40 to lube us up for tonight's show because you always want to go into a show nice and smooth. You don't want any rigidness, just nice nice and smooth. It just works out better that way. All right, continuing on, Feisty Kitty, Christine Lynn, and who else is here? Skip Tamalu. Nice to see you all. Discovering Sasquatch and Cryptids. Good to have you here. Linda B. Digger Dog. And Sweet Robbie G. Good to see you all. Rolling on down. Pay Parker. Thank you for joining us. Bobo. Toe Tag. Always a pleasure. And who else do we have here? Let's continue on down. Oh, we are caught up right now. Brown Dwarf. Paramarv. Good to have you here. And we got 30 seconds, 30 seconds before we launch. Barbara Jean Lindsay is our guest. And let's see here. Don't forget, you can go shopping at our Spaced Out Radio store on our website. We do not have ugly swag, people. We got nice swag that you actually want to wear. And don't forget, May 10th through 12th, the Vegas Fad Party. More info on our website. Here we go. Horns up. Let's rock. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world... This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them. On our website, a power show of info tonight as we get into near-death experiences. And of course, a little bit of aliens. Barbara Jean Lindsay is going to join us here momentarily. Then in hour number three, Steve Stockton returns with a creepy story from the Bermuda Triangle. After that, filling in for little Timmy Senor, who's on vacation. We got Terry Hall and the UFO reports. All right, Barbara Jean Lindsay is an internationally acclaimed psychic, spiritual teacher, and inspirational speaker. 
It was in 1989 Barbara Jean had an extraordinary near-death experience after full-body channeling an ancient Egyptian being. Her lungs collapsed, killing her in front of a live audience. Over the next three years, or three days that would be, three years would be a long time, she actually fought for her life on the physical plane, spiritual plane, and beyond. Barbara Jean's story, journey, and transformation chronicled in her autobiography, Dying for the Light. And you know what? It's been literally since 2019 since i seen Barbara last, but I can tell you one thing. If you're ever in the presence of her, give her a big hug. She likes a good bear hug. I can tell you that right now. Barbara Jean Lindsay, it is always a pleasure to have you on Spaced Out Radio, my beautiful friend. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's such an honor to be here and to see you again and and uh, to be on your beautiful show and, and all of your amazing listeners. And I'm just, I'm geared up for this. It's going to be fun. We are going to have fun. And I can't believe it's been that long since we saw each other. And, the, you know, and it's almost been as long as uh, we've had you on the show. And, you know, it's one of those things, you know, all of a sudden you popped up on my Facebook and I'm like, I haven't seen or talked to Barbara Jean in a long time. We got to get her on. So that's why I actually was like all excited that uh, that you were uh, coming on the show and, and to be with us. So thank you so, so much for that. My honor, my honor. We hit it off pretty good when I first met you. So uh, we were like friends from the beginning, I think, you know. So, And you're right about the bear hug. <laughs> you know, oh, yes. I do. Oh, I know. I felt it. I felt it, you know, and that that's okay. I'm I'm good with that. Very good with that. You know, since the last time you were on, you know, we've expanded this show in our terrestrial radio markets as well as online and and everything like that. So I'm going to take you back in history here a little bit so our audience, which is all fresh and new to you, can get to know you a little bit better. You had an, an amazing near-death experience. I mean, a lot of people are frightful of things like this happening, but this one kind of, you know, lack of a better term, no pun intended, really hit you right in front of a bunch of people. It did. It did. I, I was a, a single mom and, um, you know, just minding my own business and, and working hard two jobs to keep things going. And, and that morning I woke up and there was like this white webbing around me and I didn't have time for that. So I laid back down, <laughs> you know, cause I didn't have time for it. And then I sat back up and it was still there. It was kind of a weird day all day, a, a strange day. It's like I was out of time. My timing was off. I took the kids to school. Um, I did all my normal things. I had an art gallery and an interior design business that day. And then I went um, uh, to the psychic school because it was really something was wrong. I was studying about psychic, uh, how to do psychic readings and healings and that sort of thing. So I was interested in that subject uh, and was brand new to it. And But that day I got a, you have to be careful what you wish for because I wanted all the information about the cosmos and about why we're really here and I was really seeking, I was a seeker of truth. There had to be more to life than just shopping and, and you know, doing the normal, normal things. It wasn't enough for me, I guess. Um, so I asked to have it all by five o'clock. You know, I wanted to know everything. At that time, we didn't have um, uh, uh, any kind of 
like these programs at all. And so to learn, I went to conferences. You would go to conferences or go to the library and read, you know, and buy books and read. And I was an avid reader. So I wanted to learn everything I could about what's what's available, what's out there. Um, not that I wasn't, I was having a good life. I just, there had to be more. And so I think I was curious, you know, where that curiosity kills the cat kind of, you know, I was very curious of what, what had to be something more than what we were told. And, and I, I think through the NDE, um, it, it changed my life so much and I opened up so much and let go of so much uh, fear before of dying, for sure. I was never a real fearful person, but after the NDE, I, I was never afraid of death again because I went through and onto the other side. And so that day, after I went to the psychic um, school and they kicked me out because they said my energy was too whacked to be there. And what that meant is that when you have a school, you want neutral energy there for everybody, you know, and so it's very respectful. And I couldn't control what was going on with me and neither could any of the teachers or the administration. And so they kicked me out. And so then I was on my own and I didn't want to go to the doctor just because I didn't know what was wrong with me. So I went to a healing center that night, a public healing center for women at a, a church. And so I, as I was walking in, I started to have trouble breathing and I'm an asthmatic. And uh, so a lady came up and handed me an inhaler. And I don't know how much detail you want, but we'll just, I, you know, it's like when I tell the story, I haven't told it in a while, actually. But when I tell it, it's like it just happened yesterday. And I figured it out today. I had to write it down. It's been 34 years since that happened. And the tra trajectory of my life just changed like about face. So as I'm going uh, up there and she gives me an inhaler and I can't breathe, I walk into the building and as I'm walking into the building, it's like a thousand knives hit my chest and the pain is so excruciating. I haven't had an excruciating pain like that ever since either uh, during that time. Uh, I had had three children, and so, you know, that's not easy to do. Uh, but to have this pain in my chest was more than I could handle. And so what I did is the pain was just clenching. It's like someone beating you and pulling your lungs, and 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 it was just um, beyond the pill. And it, so I just snapped out of my body, and I left my body. And as I slipped out of my body they put my body up onto the chair and were trying to help me. And then I full bodied channeled a being from Egypt who said he was there uh, to, to uh, kill me. And so he collapsed both my lungs and he said, in a, I said, channeled him. Sunbelt Federal Credit Union has special deals on certificates of deposit. For 10 months, you could get a return of 5.27% annual percentage yield. And Sunbelt offers an amazing 5.33% annual percentage yield for 18 months. Visit a Sunbelt Federal Credit Union location today or learn more at sunbeltfcu.org. That's sunbeltfcu.org. $500 minimum deposit. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration.
Airline credit card rewards have helped grow America's travel and tourism industry. In 2022, 15 million Americans traveled domestically using reward miles, generating $23.4 billion for local economies, supporting more than 183,000 jobs. But now Congress is considering legislation that could eliminate credit card rewards and decimate the U.S. travel and tourism industry. Tell Congress to support travel and tourism jobs and oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card routing legislation. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com travel to take action. Paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Um, so it was this big male voice that said, uh, Barbara has information that can't be given at this time. And then he said he was going to kill me. I'm going to kill her. Wow. And he did. He collapsed both my lungs in front of everybody. And I remember because I had a really good friend, I was to meet her mom for the first time that night. And my friend later told her mom, you know, Barbara is not normally like this, you know. So we laugh about it later. We can laugh about it now. But at the time, it was not a laughing matter. It scared everybody. And so um, they called the paramedics. I, they, I flatlined on the way. And they gave me um, um, mouth to mouth. Uh, I was taken to the ER, um, fighting for my life. My family came. They were all told that I wouldn't make it through the night. And if I did, I'd lost so much oxygen that I probably wouldn't be the same so they could say goodbye to the old Barbara. And uh, so I was given left rights. And uh, it was pretty serious, <laughs> pretty serious here in, in uh, that was in Sacramento, California. So as I lay in the bed, uh, my next memory, now when I was at the school and they put me up in the chair, I don't have memory of that, but I have all the women who told me the stories together afterwards, that that's what happened. But the part that I, I forgot to tell, I think last time on your show is a very important part. And sometimes when I tell the story, it comes up and sometimes it doesn't. But as I was, uh, he collapsed my lungs when he did that. This is the weirdest part, I think, of the whole thing that happened. And then it gets even, you know, crazier in a way. And I'm just a mom minding her business, you know. I'm just, you know, I'm not asking for any of this. And so the Thor comes down out of the clouds with his, I swear to God, his lightning, and he kills the Egyptian being, and he saves my life. And they saw that in the room, a group of psychics, because it was a psychic uh, healing center, and they had a row of psychics. It was their job to read the energy of the room that night. And so that's what they did, and that's what they saw. And they all agreed, and they all told me, and and, and I, so the, all those women are alive, so someone could ask them if they wanted to, you know. Um, and all, I have my uh, hospital records and everything, too. And so um, after Thor saved my life, um, I don't have a memory of that. I don't have a memory of the Egyptian being. I don't have a memory at all except for walking into the building and, uh, um, and then having so much pain. And then the pain stopped and I popped out of the body. Now, where I went and where my body was, two very different places. My body fighting for its life. And this is when people usually say, can I have some of what you're having? Or can I, you know, uh, you know you're, you're crazy or, you know, you want attention 
or, you know, all those terrible things they say to you, you know, um, and I've learned to live with that. I'm a very ultra sensitive person. And so it was really hard for me to get through uh, all the meanness from people, you know, when these things happen. And so, but I'm also very stubborn and strong. And I think that that helped me get through too. So I'm on the other side and where I go as a body while my uh, my body's there in the hospital fighting, I as a spirit popped out when the pain was too much. I popped out. Now where I went was a most beautiful place. And it was this warm, undulating water, kind of like going back to the womb in a way. It was this warm, beautiful water with so much love. This love was beyond. I had three kids. I was a Mom, I love my kids, and I, I thought I was a real lover, but this is beyond mom's love, okay? It's beyond dad's love for their children. It's beyond the love for your children. And I was in this love, this watery love, and it was the most beautiful thing. It was alive. It was intelligent. It, it was moving. I was with it. It was with me, and I just had this whole love fest there, and I became one with everything, with all of it. There was no, um, no, no, no division. It and I were totally one, one consciousness, one unified. And then I looked down in all this love, and I noticed I didn't have a body, uh, but yet I still existed. And right. when I noticed that I had a body and I still exist, I didn't have a body, but I still existed. It blew my mind. Um, and that's back in 1989. We didn't talk about stuff like now, you know. And so after I, it blew my mind, I then, the next step, I was on a spaceship for the first time. So maybe we should want to stop there. Do you want me to keep that's, going? This, right? this is good woo here. This is high quality. Oh, really good woo. I know. I know, it, and I love it. I, I, let me ask you a couple questions beforehand, okay. okay, because as my audience knows, I am petrified of just a couple things in life, mm-hmm. snakes, sharks, and death. Oh. That's it. Death oh. freaks me out. Freaks me oh. out. Oh, this is good to talk about it and, then, huh? Uh, to the point where I literally... It's not as bad now, but if you took me back, let's say 10 years, I would have such anxiety attacks that I would literally wow. go running down the street screaming. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> and I and I know exactly when it started. Exactly when, when it started. It was uh, in 1999. And I was holding my daughter. She was about four months old, five months old. And I was, it was, it was like around midnight, one o'clock, she'd woken up and I was rocking her. And, um, and she was just, she was just tiny because like she was only born at five pounds, 13 ounces. And, um, and so long story short, I said, Daddy is going to be here for you forever. Oh. And it was the word forever that yeah. that hit me. And I yeah. all of a sudden went, oh, my God, 
I just lied to my daughter because I'm going to die. And then she will have to continue on without me. And I erupted into tears, like Mm -hmm. into an absolute temper tantrum panic attack to the point where my ex-wife had to come over and she's like, is everything okay? I'm like, you got to take our daughter. Like, I can't hold her right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was literally flipping out, flipping out that that I had just lied to my infant daughter about (laughs) being there forever and the, ever since then it has not been a, old dave has not been a fan of that topic <laughs> well you know maybe it's a different way of being is all you know it maybe it's true that you won't be there in the physical body but you're going to be with her See, in the memories that you give her and i and, tr- and i tried to win myself over with that but mm-hmm. You know, and the funny part about it is I would consider myself a creationist. I'm not a religious person, but I consider Uh myself a creationist, okay, Mm -hmm. because it just, look, I don't care whether you believe in evolution or creation. It's whatever suits you as a person, whatever you want to believe. I don't push anything on anybody. But for for me, creationism actually, believe it or not, makes sense. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the point that I'm getting at is, is this, and that is... I really, really um, want to, you know, live forever. I like it right. here. I like it here. I don't want to live yeah. in. I don't want to have, you know. And I, there's a number of questions that I that I that I want answered. You know, like yeah, like yeah. If, when I, when I go face God on my judgment day, I want to ask Him, why did you create us to die? You know, because yeah. no offense, dying sucks. I don't want to leave my parents. It killed me when my mother died four months ago. You know, I, I think what happened because I'm older now, you know, I'm uh, 71. And so I'm looking more at, you know, the actual dying part. And I think what happens um, is when you get older, you change your your um, you look back over your life. And you for me, I can say for me, I should probably just say my own experience of it is that. I'm like you. I cry when I think about my children and how much they've grown. My son's in his fifties, you know, and I have grandchildren now, and and what wonderful memories! And they go by like that. They're so fast, mm-hmm. right? And and I'm a crier anyway. And but I think I've left them with me, a part of me that will ever forever be with them. It has nothing to do with the body really doesn't have anything to do with the body in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice. I, I see what you're saying. I would like that too. But maybe we meet in a different life, in a different place, in a different way. And maybe we have been meeting over and over again. Um, I can tell you, and all I can tell you is my experience, I'm, I didn't meet my family. I didn't meet any relatives. I didn't meet anybody I knew. I only Airline credit card rewards have helped grow America's travel and tourism industry. In 2022, 15 million Americans traveled domestically using reward miles, generating $23.4 billion for local economies, supporting more than 183,000 jobs. But now Congress is considering legislation that could eliminate credit card rewards and decimate the U.S. travel and tourism industry. Tell Congress to support travel and tourism jobs and oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card routing legislation. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com travel to take action. Paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition.
Airline credit card rewards have helped grow America's travel and tourism industry. In 2022, 15 million Americans traveled domestically using reward miles, generating $23.4 billion for local economies, supporting more than 183,000 jobs. But now Congress is considering legislation that could eliminate credit card rewards and decimate the U.S. travel and tourism industry. Tell Congress to support travel and tourism jobs and oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card routing legislation. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com slash travel to take action. Paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Met um, extraterrestrial beings, and maybe I'm a part of them, and that was my family. Those are some things to think about now. But at the time, I didn't meet my grandmothers or my grandfathers. I didn't meet them. But I have a picture of my grandmother right here on my altar, and she's with me every day. You know,、mm-hmm. and so whenever I eat a piece of pie, it's her. You know what I mean? So it's it's a different way of, of perspective. Maybe it's like、um, death is like. It's an intelligent、uh, change, like changing of the seasons. From from now, we're going from summer into fall, and then from fall, we'll go to winter to spring. There's an intelligence to this、um, that we are learning and changing and growing the whole time.、Um, See, but my, I know that. Okay, my biggest <laughs> fear. My biggest fear is the what if. What if Darwin was right? What if the atheists are、oh. right? What if we are one and done? Okay, and oh, I don't. I can't be that way because nothing's been that way. This lifetime is one and done. Everything、uh, has an evolution to it. Everything changes and turns and grows. I just, I, I did before. I can see where you're coming from, but I, I don't know. I, I've came from. I had that experience, and it, it opened me up to、um, something extraordinarily beautiful. That has our best interest at heart.、Mm. I know. I, I trust me. I want to believe, and I do believe deep down. But the whole point of it is just it scares the daylights out of me. It really,、oh, it, it really does. It, it, and then you know you have a situation where you know right before my mother died. In June,、yeah. the day before, my sisters and I caught her having a conversation with my deceased nephew. Yeah, and yeah. and he was there right till the end.、Yeah. You know, so I know my nephew helped carry my mother to the other side. So I、right. mean, you, we have all of these examples that I that、mm-hmm. I believe. It's just there's that small little what if that <laughs> you know it's about one millimeter on a on a ruler. Okay, that just makes me go bah about the subject, but well, maybe that's healthy. Maybe that's healthy, though, right? You maybe, know, too. Maybe you know. Maybe、um, Barbara, I'm going to get you, Barbara. I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to a commercial break here at the bottom of the hour. Barbara Jean Lindsay is our guest tonight, near death experiencer, survivor, alien contactee. How do we blend the two together? This is the perfect woo for a show like this, which we call Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott, your host. Yep, we're in for a good night tonight. Stay tuned. Spaced Out Radio, second half hour. We'll return right after this. We will be right back. All right, we are clear. And just so you know, 
Our YouTube and podcast audience can still hear us. The radio side cannot. Okay. And I'm trying to get rid of heartburn right now. Oh. Mm -hmm. I get all passionate when I talk. I know. I kind of go. I love it. And it is is woo. I, I agree. It is woo. And that's the thing with the experience. See, you have to experience it. Then it experience is a great teacher. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't thrown me it yet. <laughs> I, 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 I really am. They've thrown so much at me, whoever the hell they are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm surprised. Uh, I just, I don't. You know, love is pretty amazing thing. It's pretty, pretty amazing and um, it's pretty powerful and like the love for your daughter. You know, it's yeah. pretty cool. It's uh, it goes beyond any of this. Kira, I did not eat tacos and hot sauce. <laughs> no, I. I... <laughs> oh. Oh, you know, it's like having a, a, a personal conscience that that has your phone number. That's Kira. I love Kira. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, she's an amazing experiencer, too. But uh, she she's uh, she's hell-bent to get me back healthy again. Water, Kira. Water right here. Very good. But, um, yeah. No, Kira, I had lasagna for dinner. That's what I had. I had lasagna for dinner. So, <clears throat> yeah. Your hair is looking great there, Barbara Jean. Oh, thanks. You know, I I take a vitamin for it. It's called Foti. Have you ever heard of it? It's called F-O-T-I. No. And it's, I'm doing an experiment with it. Because this is my natural hair color. But I was really getting white, really, really white. And so my friend told me of this vitamin that you take and your hair will turn back to its natural color probably within the year. And it's getting darker and darker instead of lighter and lighter. Really? It's a natural herb, too. It's all natural. And how and often do I, you have to take this? I take uh, two tablets a day. That's it. And it's it's a it's called F O T I. I can see if I can find it, but yeah. And I started taking it. So, and I so far I will see what happens in a year from now if it goes. But it's much darker on the bottom than on the top. So, so it is it is working. I think. Mm, that's it's very kind of nice. Fun. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Let's see who has popped in here. Mm-hmm. I understand that, W. Decker. Totally understand that. Okay, what did W. Decker say? It says, uh, be careful of what you wish for, Dave. My NDE was a powerful teacher, but the lead up is not something I would wish on people. There's a reason why it's called oh, a near death yeah. experience. Exactly. I'm with I'm with you, W. Decker. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't wish it on anybody either. Reality, how you doing? And uh, let's see here. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Bill Seward, look at this. It's first time here. Hey, Bill Seward. Let, let's give you a few claps there, Bill Seward. Give you a few claps there. <laughs> Emmy Tong, how are you? Pixie Lara and your beautiful purple hair. What's happening? And Rex Amelian, good to see you. And uh, we're caught up there. Uh, with one minute to go, I should say the Super Chat is open. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. And a big thank you for Debster for kicking off the night and the week with the Super Chat. Very much appreciate the love and support. Hello, gorgeous Kim Jellen. How many times have you brushed and flossed your teeth today? Please give us an update, if you don't mind. <laughs> also, you can shop at our Spaced Out Radio store. Yeah, we do not have ugly swag, people. Remember that. When you're looking through that, you're like, that's not ugly. That's not ugly. No, we got nice swag. And May 10th through 12th, put it on your calendar. Barbara Jean Lindsay is going to be joining us in Reno, Nevada for the third annual Spaced Out Radio fan party at the Silver Legacy Casino and Resort. Yes. Yep. Bring your toothbrush, people. Kim Jellin will be. <laughs> and what else can we tell you? Oh, yes. Pardon me. A big, big thank you. To both Eli and Joanne, our two newest members of the SOR Space Travelers Club. Here we go. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you miss portions of this show or others, you can check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Barbara Jean Lindsay is here tonight talking about near-death experiences at Alien Contact, her website, barbarajeanlindsay.com. Barbara, before we let uh, continue here, I meant to say this at the beginning of the show, so I apologize for actually interrupting. For our radio fans and for our fans on YouTube and and on podcast, I know there's a lot going on in the world right now, and there's a lot going on that we have no control over, and it's scary, it's ugly, it's it's getting it seems like it's getting worse and worse every day. But I want to say something. There, when when you do not hear us talking about topics, whether it's politics or inflation or food prices or what's currently happening over in Israel uh, with the Hamas and, and Hezbollah and the... Airline credit card rewards have helped grow America's travel and tourism industry. In 2022, 15 million Americans traveled domestically using reward miles, generating $23.4 billion for local economies, supporting more than 183,000 jobs. But now Congress is considering legislation that could eliminate credit card rewards and decimate the U.S. travel and tourism industry. Tell Congress to support travel and tourism jobs and oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card routing legislation. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com travel to take action. Paid for.
for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Walter Brown here for Ocean's Behavioral Hospital in Biloxi. October is National Substance Abuse Prevention Month. Kim? Substance abuse affects millions in the United States, yet more than 93% go without treatment. Substance abuse doesn't discriminate based on age, gender, race, or economics, but neither does recovery. The road to wellness is possible at any stage, and we believe everyone deserves support, compassion, and treatment. For more information, visit OceansBiloxi.com. Israelis, the reason why we, we do not mention this on this show is because we want to make sure that all of you listening have an escape. You have an escape from having to deal with the stuff that's out there, outside your window, outside your home, outside your town. Okay, the world is an ugly place right now. And if we can take you away for three hours a night and just allow you to relax and enjoy some stories and some information that's out of this world, that that's our job. That's what we're going to do. You get bombarded from the morning you from the time you wake up in the morning until the time you go to bed. But damn it, this show we're we're gonna make sure that we we stick to our path and stick to our true nature, which is delivering you guys the best woo that we can, the best fun that we can, and the most entertaining and strange stories that we can because you know we've all had enough. We've all had enough uh, with with this world right now, and what we need is an escape. So I invite you, and I challenge you, all listening to this show, for all of your friends and family that have had enough as well, and maybe they believe in these topics or find these topics interesting, give them the minute to give them our, our show time and our and our where they can find us, whether it's on podcast or whether it's on YouTube or one of our great radio stations that broadcasts this show. And just remember, you always have an escape with us. And we're not going to change. We're not going to go political. We're not going to go anything. Unless something major happens in North America, um, we will continue to uh, talk about the same things we talk about. You guys want ghosts. You want aliens. You want UFOs. You want monsters and cryptids and near-death experiences and psychic empowerment and numerology and everything in between, that's what we're going to continue to deliver. So it's not that we're ignoring the topics, but we're ignoring the topics so that way you as a listener can have an escape from the daily reality, which is life right now, and it's hard out there. So thank you so much. Barbara, I appreciate you just letting me butt in to, oh, to say that. Wonderful. We need sacred places. You know, we need we need these places where we can connect with one another and and remember who we are and why we're here and, and that we're powerful and we can kick ass if we need to. And and in order to do that, you have to have some downtime too and and re recalibrate, right? And build build up before you can give anything out. You know, I see a lot, of, you know, I, I, I say that for myself because, you know, we we all need a place where we can go and, and feel safe, right? Absolutely. Some, 
Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, like I know there's other shows that are going to be mentioning all everything that's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. Not here. I just, I want a break. Mm -hmm. And if I want a break, I can just imagine how many other people out there need a break. Yeah. 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 So, and and I know that love isn't a, a easy topic for people. Really? You would think it is, but it's not, you know, they do think love and woo are go together, but I think love is the most powerful thing we have here on this planet. You know, it really is powerful. And it doesn't mean that it's going to shoot anyone down, but it will. It, I've seen it heal. I've, we've seen miracles. You've talked about miracles on your show, hands-on healing miracles, right? Oh, yeah. And so, I mean... And you might have a miracle if just someone watched your show tonight and they, you know, who knows, right? Where it goes down or how it goes down, but your intention is beautiful. It really is. And I, I, I just, I'm just honored to be here with you. Well, we appreciate (laughs) you being here as well. And, you know, we were talking near death experiences right off the bat here, and we will get to some aliens here momentarily, you know, during your NDE, did you ever go? Th- did you ever recall going through your judgment day or your or anything to do with with heaven or anything above that? No, no heaven, no hell, no no tunnel. You know, nothing like that. Um, and a lot of you know, I can't quote you. I don't have it in front of me, but the studies are saying that a lot of them you don't have tunnels. That that's kind of a, a old wives' tale now. But um, I had an experience that that opened me up as a person. And what I'm saying on your show tonight and, and on my show, it's about the truth. I just want the truth, however it comes and how, whatever package it comes in. And, and I want to speak the truth always and with honor and integrity. And that's the world we're building. That's what you're building, right? That's what we're that's what we all want to be with our family and our friends and, and do what we love and be creative. And, you know, it's simple. We're simple in some ways, very simple. It's a simple, those simple things. Right. Um, And, and dance and, and make music and um, have friends and family. I think that's been a big shift for our society. And I think it's been a good one. You know, that friends are, it doesn't matter what you have, but if you have friends or people that love you and care about you, um, especially now that I'm getting older too, it's it's these friends I've had for 50 years. You know, I have friends for 50 years, you know, that are just amazing. They're just amazing. And we have agreement. We don't speak religion and we don't talk politics. And I don't talk woo. We don't do that. We just, how you doing? How's it going? You know? And that just makes it all good. It makes it good. So, and then we talk about the old times, all the trouble we got into and, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, yes. And I'm sure you were a naughty one back then. I'm sure. I, <laughs> oh, I was, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, oh, yeah, I was. <laughs> I, I want to ask you. I want to ask you about, about your near-death experience. You mm-hmm. didn't see heaven. You didn't see hell. You didn't have any judgment, no tunnel, no nothing. So mm-hmm. different than what everybody else seems 
or almost everybody else seems to to talk about with their near-death experiences. Have you ever questioned why yours was so different and unique? Um, I thought it it took me a, a long time to figure it out. I was there, they were teaching me. And, and they were teaching me, they taught me through experience. And I had to get out of my stuff and out of my way so that I could hear what they were saying to me. And so they took me to different places and taught me different teachings, right? The first one they taught me was with the Mother Earth and with our Earth. And they had a hologram of the Earth. And that was important and that she's beautiful. We need to take care of her. That's not unusual for NDEers. There's been quite a few of, I don't know what the percentage is, but there's quite a few have had that uh, experience during their NDE that, you know, that, but I, I went into the mother earth and she went into me and her heartbeat and my heartbeat became the same and that she's, she's alive. And for me back then that, that again, just was out of, I never had that concept. I was a gardener and I loved uh, gardening, but, and I was all organic, but I didn't, I didn't know that she was a real life being and that um, where we go, we go together. And with the First Nations teachings of that, right, that, um, that for me was very profound, that first teaching, and that changed me you know, forever, just having that knowledge. So part of that was to teach that to others, right? right. And, I, and by telling my story, I got to learn um, and, and I got to, you know, maybe plant some seeds with people to think about that. I had never thought about it before. So uh, that was one of the things they taught me. And then the second trip um, I went with a guardian. He was my guardian. He was uh, eight feet tall, square shoulders, big white hood, long white gown. I never saw his face during the whole entire time. But he telepathed to me that I could call him the guardian. I haven't seen him since that time. So I'm hoping that when I pass that he'll be there, you know, because that would be that would be wonderful. But every once in a while I can feel because they also um um introduced me to a group of beings called the council and 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 they were amazing and so i had an experience with them and so every once in a while i feel i can feel them kind of come in i asked them to come in tonight and be a part of this because you know i'm really i like interviewing people but for me to be interviewed i'm i'm kind of shy actually you know i am and i'm outgoing and friendly and i love people but I also am a little bit shy and I get a little bit nervous, you know? So it's kind of, I don't know if you do when you get interviewed, Dave, but I, I do. And so, so um, they gave me these experiences and I had to, when I came back uh, from all the experiences, when I came back, my psychic abilities were turned on. I had to learn how to use them. And, and I had a worldview and then I had a cosmic view. So when I came back, this little Sacramento girl, woman with three kids became this, you know, cosmic being. And um, 
Airline credit card rewards have helped grow America's travel and tourism industry. In 2022, 15 million Americans traveled domestically using reward miles, generating $23.4 billion for local economies, supporting more than 183,000 jobs. But now Congress is considering legislation that could eliminate credit card rewards and decimate the U.S. travel and tourism industry. Tell Congress to support travel and tourism jobs and oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card routing legislation. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com travel to take action. Paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Este es el mejor momento para preparar tu hogar para las fiestas y recibir a los invitados. Porque en The Home Depot encuentras ahorros de hasta 40% en baños seleccionados por Internet. Además de entrega gratis en todos los tocadores y grifos por Internet. Deja tu casa lista para esas visitas esperadas. Familia, amigos, vecinos y las inesperadas. Deja tu baño listo para las fiestas con ahorros de hasta 40% en tocadores y grifos en The Home Depot. Haces más, logras más. Um, so you have to, it's like putting a gallon of milk in a, in a teaspoon, you know, that's what you try to do when you, when you have an NDE, that's kind of what I think it's like, because uh, you don't have this skin dressing to carry it all in, right? So you're probably getting all kinds of, of, um, so it's what happened to me and I, that's all I can say. So. Uh, so I share it with people who want to hear it. And if they don't want to hear it and they want to mock it and laugh, that's their opinion. I'm okay with that. Now, uh, when I first started talking about ETs back in 1989, no one talked about it back then, you know? And so they really thought it was crazy. Now, just recently, my whole family now that the government said there are ETs, there are UFOs, then my family thinks maybe I'm okay after all, you know, uh, but I had to learn it for myself and work it for myself um, and be okay with it before I could teach it anything to anybody about anything. So um, I try and walk my talk. So your ET experience happened simultaneously with your near-death experience. Yes. You never had anything yes. to do with extraterrestrials before this. No, but, you know, I was 12 years old, and I write about that in my book. I was 12 years old, and I didn't write my book to make money. You don't make money writing books. You know, everyone who writes books knows that. At least I don't. I published it myself. I didn't care. I just wanted to get the story out. I was meant to do it, so I did it. You know, it's not like I do everything a, an ET tells me or an extraterrestrial tells you either, right? Um, I'm. A, I was a very practical single mom with three kids if I was going to go crazy I could only go crazy from 5 to 5 15 because I don't have to, I didn't have time I had to deal with all the pressure I had to deal with all the changes I had to deal with everything because I really loved my children and I wanted to be a good mom that was still first that had priority over everything and so uh it's uh it's it's a wild world out there you know and uh and you come back and um, I do know that one thing I learned being on the other side is you're never alone. And that gave me a lot of comfort that, that the moment, and I've seen it with people, the, the moment that you cross, there's someone there waiting for you, you know, and, um, and you're never alone there. I, for me, that was important for me. So it helped me not be so afraid. How did this, um, how did it strengthen your resolve 
to having a a belief in a higher power, higher deity, whether it's God or something else? I, I think I and it are one. There's no separation. I learned that in the NDE. When I became one with everything, right? Where you are, it, it's you and it, it's uh, the love is beyond anything I had ever um, experienced before. Um, so there is an intelligence that has, uh, has I felt and still feel um, our best interest. Even though I know we live in a really dark world right now, but we're also here, um, you know, to make some changes. That's why you have your show. That's why I have my show. You, you're gonna. We want to make some changes here, and you're not going to do that unless um, you get inspired by somebody or somebody, you know, tells you, you know, tells their story. Stories are so important uh, to speak your truth and and share share what happened to you. And um, so I I've done that for a long time now. And at the beginning, I'd have strangers come up and and I would just tell them because I was given a, not a sign, but just a nudge. You're supposed to tell them you're NDE. I'm going, oh my God, I don't want to, I don't want to do that, you know, but I ended up telling them it was the right person. Uh, and I think when I first came back, I was more on the other side than here. And now that I've been here for 34 years, I'm much more here than there. But there's always probably a part of me that's still on that other side, I think, you know, and that's why I can kind of go back and forth. But it took me a long time to learn how to do that, is to be able to go back and forth, not die, but to have access to information, right? Um, okay, what's your questions on that, you know? Well, for me... For me, it would be, you know, just trying to put the puzzle pieces together, okay? Mm -hmm. As you know, I'm, I'm coming at this from a completely freaked out point of view, as we talked about well, in the last half hour, well, you know. But it, I also know someone, who, uh, a good friend of mine, Daryl, who is uh, a deliverance minister. And, oh, Daryl Nichols? Is that Daryl Nichols? No, he lives up here okay. in Canada. And he actually recalled having his judgment. Wow. And, so and on this mm -hmm. side, uh, they didn't expect him to survive. It took about 14 days. And he said he had Jesus on his right and the devil was on his left. And the devil just kept on throwing crap at him. And it just kind of oh. kept on going from there. But, I mean, it's a, it's a more religious perspective of, of what it was. So my question for you is, uh, you know, Daryl being somebody who is very unique and religious compared to someone like you who isn't religious but extremely spiritual. Uh, well, I, I, I was raised uh, Southern Baptist and Jehovah Witness. I was married to a Lutheran. And at the time when that was happening, I was Catholic. Okay. Boy, you really so, run the gamut. We're, uh, are we taking odds here? When, when, uh, when you're you're going to be a Mormon here, or what? I don't know. You know, I was always I was interested in it. Uh, I was interested in religions and that sort of thing. And um, I think the natives have the First Nations. I when they what got me 
to afterwards, right after going way up and being in the ship and having all those experiences, coming back down into the body, right? So I'm up above my body. I can see my body in the in the hospital bed. And um, and I said, if I'm going to go down there, I'm going to really need some help. And so I go back up to the guardian and, and, um, and it's so dense here when you go, cause you're, what happens, okay, let me back up with first nations. They say that when you pass or when you, you trans transform or transcend or transition, all of those words, uh, for it, that you, when you drop your skin dressing, you still exist. And I think that says it the most beautiful. And it's when you drop this skin dressing. And that was my experience on the other side, is I had dropped my skin dressing because I did not feel any pain. I had no association with my body at all while I was on the other side. I had none. So, huh? Okay, um, so I'm going to throw a wrench at you here with three minutes to go. Okay, how, good. How do you know it's you in your body when you left your body and not a walk-in spirit that's taken over? Um because it's because it was I still had the same personality over there. I still had um um I never got to see my body there, right? I had no body, but I still existed. I still had humor. I thought that they all, you know, they must have gotten their I, I have a sense of humor that was still there and still intact. And so when I came back to the body, if anything from having an NDE, I'm more now in the body than I've ever been. And, and that is now I know when I'm in my body and when I'm not. Before I was outside my body a lot because I get busy and, and do things and push my body and push my body. And I wouldn't listen to my body. My body would be saying, you need to drink water. You need to sleep. You know, you need, you work together as kind of a team. You and your body work together in this, this world, right? And so now I, and I, I know when I'm in my body and when I'm not. And, um, and I know when I go out there, how, how far I'm going and when I come back. So do you ask, so do you astral travel mm-hmm. now? I can. Yeah, but I I don't as much. I do it um, for healing or for for helping people, but I don't I don't do it a lot, you know. But I can go out and get information for people and bring it back, you know. I can do that. I don't talk about that a lot, but um, I like being in this body. I love this body. I love I love being a woman. I'm. I have the memories of all my childhood memories. I have all of that. So I know the difference between a walk-in. I've met a few walk-ins this lifetime. They don't have any memory, you know. And so I have all my memories intact. So I know it was me that had that experience. I had it without a body over there. But yet I still existed. Here's the clicker, though, for whatever reason. They could see me, right? But I couldn't see myself. And I don't know why. So if anyone has an answer to that, that would be great. You know? And so I also felt like when I went that it was these experiences were being made at that time because you're 100% present there. And I actually at that time, not now, 
But at that time, I felt more alive on the other side than I did here. And now I can say that's not true. Now I can say I'm, I feel very much alive here. And on that note, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the top of the hour. We have Barbara Luke Jean Lindsay for another hour here on Spaced Out Radio. When we return, oh yes, we're going to get into some serious aliens. Hey, we got some serious woo happening tonight to cheer you all up. Why not turn it up a bit? Now we're number two, Spaced Out Radio coming up next. All right, we are clear. All right. We are clear. Fun times so far. Fun I times. Hope so. I hope so. I, I just, you know, I, you just tell your story. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. <laughs> Barbara, I'm going okay. to put you in the green room here. I'm going to step away for a couple of minutes. We've got about five oh. and a half minutes, okay? Okay. Be right back. Be right back, everybody. Don't leave. Don't leave. Kim, go brush your teeth again. Third time, if you don't mind. Be right back.
right. I'm back. All right. Let's say a big thank you tonight to our super chatters. Let's see. We have Debster, Totag, W. Decker, Ozzy Ange, Nessa, CS, and Bill. Thank you to all of you for your love and support of Spaced Out Radio. We really do appreciate it. Thank you. Don't forget, you can shop at our Spaced Out Radio store because we don't have ugly swag. No, we don't. You can pick up your really good-looking swag at spacedoutradio.com. Mark May 10th through 12th, 2024, on your calendar because we're all heading to Reno, Nevada, for the third annual SOR fan party at the Silver Legacy Casino and Resort. We got a live show. We got a live ghost hunt. And so much more. So make sure you sign up for that on our website. Here we go with the next hour of the show. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with hour number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live and kpnl all of our archives are free join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do me the favor hit that subscribe button the desert clam has set the password for tonight in the sor space travelers club zendik Zendik is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag, follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Here we go. Barbara Jean Lindsay is our guest tonight on the Mighty SOR. We're going to get into aliens now because she is an ET contactee that came out of her near-death experience. Barbara, welcome back. Oh, thanks for having me. I didn't scare anybody away yet, though, right? No, no, you did not. <laughs> but So uh, what's it like having some aliens? Just be honest. <laughs> well, I think the biggest thing is when you come to it that the realization it took me like 30 years is that um, I'm probably alien, you know, when you, when you look at all of it, you think, Oh, you know, um, I, I've never fit in. I've always been kind of a weirdo, you know, so maybe my DNA is part alien. I mean, there's so much junk there, right? Some of that could be alien DNA on, in all of us. Could be, could be, could be. You know, I, I really don't know. I really, really don't know. And, <laughs> I mean, for you, when you had that first experience, mm-hmm. did you recognize them as alien right off the bat? No, no, I never. I, I It was the weirdest, strangest thing It was that I'd ever, the weirdest, strangest trip I'd ever been on. But it wasn't anything to do with drugs or alcohol or anything like that, you know? Um, 
I had met them before and I had forgotten about it when I was having that experience. When I was 12 years old, I went to go up on stage and talk in front of the whole school and I was really nervous about it. And on my right peripheral of my right eye, a group, that same group of beings came and they were in a, a straight line. They had the tall white hoods, square shoulders, and I could never see their faces. And they told me, um, um, would I like to go and speak to people and, and help people, give inspire them? And I said, yeah, sure, I, I can do that. And they said, well, you'll never get paid for it. And I said, well, no, you, you got to pay me for it because my family's really poor and, and I would like to give them some of the money. And they thought that was really funny. And they said, well, you won't get paid. Do you still want to do it? And I said, yeah, I would. So I, I told them I would. And so then I... Then they were gone, and then I went up on the stage, and I spoke, and I represented my school, ta-da-da-da-da-da, right? When I was, I met them again in 1989, I didn't know uh, that it was them until afterwards that I figured out that I had seen them before. Then that's right when I was going to go speak. And it was the same, the same guy with the big square shoulders and the white hood and no face. It was them. And I met them later in an experience of the first thing when I went on to the spaceship, I had never been on a spaceship before. Now looking back at everything that I know, I'm sure I'd been on a spaceship before. But at that time, I did not know that I had ever been on a spaceship before. And I was sitting in kind of a dentist chair, kind of leaned back. And it was clean, a very clean, um, clean spaceship right and um i just knew it was a spaceship it was circular i was in a circular space uh the lights were um uh, nothing nothing had a hard edge to it um it had a sweet smell i wasn't too cold i wasn't too hot even though i still look down i don't have a body um but i know it was a spaceship absolutely because when the being came towards me he telepathed to me that he was the guardian and he would be um, talking to me as the um, uh, the go-between from another group of beings that I would meet. And they were the council. So he kind of waved his arm. And when he did across the other side, uh, the council showed up in a whole bunch of uh, different outfits, the, the same white outfit with the same white hood, the same the same everything, except for some of them were fat, some of them were skinny, some were tall, and some were short. And uh, and they would jump up and down, and and then they'd come to an agreement, and then they would tell their one person who was the communicator for them to tell my guy what they wanted me to hear. And looking back years later, they were up in a big glass, looked like a clear glass uh, room. Um, I don't know how long. Probably, I have no idea. But they were upright, right close to it. And I think they were at a different, now looking back 30 years later, they were at a different uh, vibration or a different hookup or something different. Like when um, they had to hook in to me, they couldn't come to where I was. They couldn't be there. I think their vibration was different. That's the only thing that I could figure out later. But they 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 couldn't come to see me where I was with the the guardian himself. 
I mean, it could have been a hologram. Looking back, it could have been, but I felt I felt that they were real and that they were there. And there was a group of them. And they said I was to call them the council, and so I did. And then after the counselors, then when I had the, the uh, they started teaching me, um, and that's when they had the hologram of the earth come, and I had that teaching. After that, I went uh, up out of the spaceship, right? See, it's you can't make this stuff up because it's too crazy, right? It's too out there, okay? And so we go up through the spaceship and down across, we go all these hills and valleys of these beautiful forests. There's no buildings. There's no humans. There's nothing there. And it's, I don't know how long we did that, but it was the most beautiful feeling flying over these trees and forest. And uh, later I... Um, Later, I would uh, be introduced to Sasquatch. That's a whole nother show, a whole nother thing, okay? But that was much, much later, and that's only been in the last, uh, probably the last three to five years. Uh, that's a whole, a whole nother thing. But I didn't know that at the time. So now I'm thinking maybe they were showing me my future at that time. So instead of showing a judgment, they showed me my future. I... After, right after I had the NDE, I worked with the Lakota Sioux chief for eight years, right one-on-one -on -one with him. And I did over, you know, two hundreds, hundreds of sweat lodges and learned, uh, learned their traditions. And it was a beautiful, beautiful experience to go get that high and that expanded, right? And then to come down, I really needed to go into the earth and really build a real relationship with our earth. And I have that now, but it, you can't buy it. You can't read it. You have to work with it. You have to experience it. You have to, to know it, you know? And I was really, really fortunate to meet this chief and this beautiful family. And I ended up taking the chief and his family to Switzerland. And we did a sweat lodge in Switzerland with a group of um, teachers there. That was wonderful. So after um, the green, then I go up um, to the next teaching. Um, the guardian would come and he would give me that look, even though I didn't see his face. Uh, and then uh, the next one, I went up these uh, stairs, a big staircase. And up to the right uh, was this beautiful, colossal uh, Greek columns in a circle. And uh, it was floating in the cosmos. And we're floating in the cosmos. It's stars all around us, up above us, below us. And it's that same group of beings. And here's my humor. I know it's me because I think, God, did they get their, like, their robes on sale or something? They all wear the same ones. What's, what's up with that? I thought that was really funny that they all wear the same robes. And I'm thinking later, maybe that's something that made me feel comfortable. I'm not sure. But they were uh, in a big circle and they were doing a, a real low kind of a guttural hum sort of a thing. And so when I got there, they opened their hands and I held on to their hands and I became one with their energy. And uh, um, and in the middle on a column uh, was this white vapor and in the vapor cleared and there was an image of the Mother Earth there. And they called themselves the Watchers. And I know there's uh, lots of beings that are not good watchers, I guess. Uh, from But this is my experience. And, and they told me they were the watchers. And their job 
was to watch the earth and to keep her safe. And they have been doing that and they will continue to do that forever. And that I could come back there and that I was a part of them and they were a part of me. And that gave me a lot of comfort at that time. And so um, then I'm with them and I'm having the best time with them. And then um, my guardian comes up, he gives me the look and it's time to go. And I didn't really want to go. So from there, then they take me to a, um, a beautiful spaceship looking place um, that is Victorian. Uh, looks like Victorian on the inside. It has these big white, uh, you know, those windows that have a little bit of a, of a sandblasting to them. And there's black and white checkered floor. And there's hundreds of people and they're having this party and it's an ambassador party. And uh, my guardian's right to my left and he stays pretty close to me. And he, and we're there to see all the dignitaries from all the different uh, planets. And some people said, well, it's that like a, a Star Wars, but no, it was, it wasn't like that, but it was a very elegant, very sophisticated, very intelligent, uh, and they were there for, on purpose. And um, and I saw different beings. Uh, the first one was kind of a Mr. Jeeves. Remember that from way back? There was that Mr. Jeeves looked like a waiter. It kind of yes. looked like him. And Yeah. And looking back now, he was probably a robot. And he was serving drinks in clear little test tubes, you know, different colors. And and I took one, but I, I don't remember drinking. And I don't remember seeing anyone else drink it. But I thought it was really cool, and there was uh, music playing in the background. I think it was a live group playing, but I never got to see them. So there was music. People were drinking and eating and having fun and talking. And and then one guy came up to me, and he looked kind of like a, a about four foot tall, like a little, like the Ewoks. He kind of looked like a teddy bear Ewok, but he had a monocle. And he was some kind of a professor or scholar, and he was very excited to see a human because he had always studied about us, but had never actually met one. He was stoked about that. And so I stayed with him for a little bit. And then I was starting to walk down the hall and way down the hallway, I see um, a, a pink elephant headed dude in a black tuxedo. Right. And he looks at me and I'm not, to, and he looked right at me and, and I looked right at him. And we had this contact with all these people between us, but I'll never forget him. And I, I, I haven't met him or seen him since, but but I, I knew him and he knew me. There was some kind of a recognition there, but I'm not sure what that was. I still don't know what that was. And so then I'm having the best time, right? Because these people are interesting. And, you know, and then my guardian says, it's time to go. And, and so then uh, we spiral up. And my uh, last teaching of that day uh, was with a group of beautiful women in beautiful colored dresses. And they were like, um, they had musical instruments. They were like sirens. They only spoke to me in tone. They didn't speak in words ever. Uh, but they telepathed to me that I was there to find my, my tone, my voice. And I couldn't leave until I did. And so they had beautiful opera voices, and I had like a street gut, gutter old, you know, like alto. I have a kind of a, 
um, a heavier voice, you know, and so I was too embarrassed. And But they were really adamant about me doing it. And they were serious uh, in a sweet way. And so I found my tone and it's very low. It's a very low. And they thought it was beautiful. And as soon as I said, oh, yeah, I have a beautiful voice. And then I was done with them. And then the guardian came and he said, it's time to go. And I said, I don't want to go. He says, no, you have to go. I go, no, I don't want to go. He goes, you have three children. And that's when I said, oh, my God, I have three children. I got to go now. You know, <laughs> and so then it was then it was time to go back without, you know, without hesitation. Okay. I got to ask, I mean, elephants in the room and, and, and all this weird stuff. How do you know that? And I believe that you had an alien encounter. Okay. But I also Mm -hmm. know that aliens, a lot of times will put facades on themselves in order to maybe not make them look as hideous to the human eye as they may be. Do you think that that's maybe what happened here? Uh, it, it could be. I've been out before and seen the cloaking with the beings before. I mean, I was out with two of my friends, really good friends. Um, they're well-informed. And we were out sky watching, and three stag deer came. I mean, come on, right? It had to be a cloaking of something. And, you know, and and we had some missing time. And I can't say their names on the air, but these are people that are you know, you know, they come from, a, they're good working, hardworking, good people. So um, they don't make this stuff up. You know, you don't do that. You just don't have time for that. And so um, they could have. I think the difference was, and I think I know what love is. You know what I mean? And I never felt um, malice from them, although I know it was the guardian's job to keep me um, um, clear, you know, keep me settled down, keep me feeling safe. So that is a possibility. Um, but I, I think it's, I don't think so with this, mainly because of the, in the First Nation connection when I got back. Too many synchronicities happened when I got back to to keep this um, learning moving and, and going. You know what I mean? Uh, but I like the question. It's a good question. Uh, at the time, I thought absolutely not. Uh, 34 years later, they, it could have been a holographic teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I maybe was immersed in it, but maybe I never left the spaceship. That could have happened right i think that could have happened but i don't i don't see a cloaking of beings that um that they wouldn't want me to see looking back i don't think so but it but it's a possibility how's that Okay, that's so, my truth. That's my truth on it. No, I, and I and I think that's fine. You know, have you ever been regressed to confirm yes, uh, what what you've gone through? Yeah, I regressed with uh, um. Okay, I was regressed by um, Mary Rodwell, and I was regressed by Barbara Lamb, and and everything that I said is exactly what happened. Um, and the one where I, I had a hard, I had a really hard time 
going back, there was a block by, I was also regressed by another person first, but I couldn't get anything. But I trusted Barbara Lamb and I trusted Mary Rodwell. And so they have it on tape somewhere of me going back in. And, and it's exactly how I said, except for I've forgotten this part where you go back, when I went back in, the, um, the part of there's this um, beautiful love, but there's this light there too. And I was immersed in all this light. And that's why I call my book, you know, Dying for the Light, because there was such this light, a beautiful light that I was immersed in that was um, very loving and that had nothing to do with the ETs before. So I don't know. I think they were my teachers. Maybe they were my family. But now looking back, I think they were telling me my future. They were showing me my future because I've done all of those things so far. Have you had any other encounters with any other beings like the greys or or reptilians or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I have. And and someone asked a question. Should I answer that? I'll get get to Human Carl's question in a second. Um, I haven't had one. Okay, uh, let's see. My memories are pretty blocked, but I did have uh, my friend who uh, I was telling you about who uh, goes in and does uh, scans for alien implants, right? And I do have them in my body. And when we were here, and I have pictures, I could try and pull them up, of, of uh, four four fingers on my wall in that, uh, in the black light in that special light, that's a fluorescent blue with some orange on it. And, uh, also on my body, there's been different dyes. And from what, um, my friend has studied, um, and he's, uh, considered an alien implant expert. Um, I don't know if you want to say his name or not, or go ahead. Yeah. He's my friend, Steve Colburn. Yes. And he's, he's pretty well known. And so um, he knows his stuff. He's a material scientist for 20 years. And, and, and he has, we have photos of that in my room. So I have that. Um, I have a group sighting when I was in um, Hawaii uh, with about eight other people. And there was, uh, I have a whole thing with that. I actually saw the UFO fly over us, right over, real close over us. And um, it was in the newspaper that night, many sightings that was in South Point, Hawaii, on the big island. Mm -hmm. And I had uh, multiple witnesses. It wasn't just me. I had a whole experience there. Um, I don't know, you know. Um, I had an experience in uh, Boynton Canyon in Arizona with another person. Um, And uh, we were uh, at a tennis, a tennis um, um, where they play tennis and they had concreted over native first nation uh, burial ground. And we were both upset about that. So we went out to pray and to, um, tell them we're sorry we're you know we didn't know what we were doing forgive us you know like that and um we had um uh an interdimensional meditation you know with the with the the native there and then 
um, this really happened, and and I have proof too. So well, hold, um, hold, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna get you to hold on okay. right there because we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour, and I okay. want you to finish this story rather than having to get into it and then have to cut you off during the break. But we're going to get into this incredible story. Barbara Jean Lindsay, an incredible guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio about her personal experiences with near-death experience and alien contact. That's what we do here on Spaced Out Radio. We will continue right after this. Stay tuned. All right, we are clear. Hi, National Memorial. How are you? Who else has hopped in here? TMI, good to see you. And uh, there we go. There we go. Are you having fun, Barb? I'm having fun. I haven't talked about all this stuff in a long time. I know. I'm having a blast. <laughs> I hope I I'm entertaining you because it's my life. I am writing a. I am writing my book about this right now, actually, so that's kind of funny, too. Are you? Yeah. Uh, well, that's nice. Oh, I've been writing it for four years, so I don't know if I'll get it done. I promised my son I would get it done, but I always find other things to do. Mm, well, that's good. That's good. And let's go there. Let's uh, hold on back tomorrow. <clears throat> hard to believe we're almost uh we're getting right through this here this is pretty uh intense right now With me here just a second. Come on. Where the hell is everything? Damn it. Sorry, I'm trying to do like three things at once here, Barb. Hey, I produced my own too, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. I know you do. <laughs> and I'm not a computer person. You just learn, you know, learn as you go, right? 
right? All right, a big thank you tonight to Human Carl, Bill, C.S., Vanessa, Debster, Toe Tag, W. Decker, and Ozzy Ange for the great super chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love and support. Hey, Human Carl, remember when you accidentally had to miss the Space Travelers par- or, or the, the fan party? I'm taking care of you, man. You got a shipment coming. Talk soon. Here we go. Here we go with the second half of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us in the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. All right, let's do this thing. Final half hour with author, researcher, experiencer, by the name of Barbara Jean Lindsay. She is absolutely amazing with her story and... You know what? We're glad to have her here. Barb, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. You know, I get nervous a little bit. The first time I told my story, I threw up. So I'm doing much better after telling it over the years. Well, I still, it still causes some stuff, you know? So, well, you have to finish your story from the last half hour. Okay. Okay, So I was in Boynton Canyon with a good friend of mine, and we, it was about probably after midnight. We're at the tennis 
uh, the tennis place where you play tennis, the concrete all over it. Tennis court. And tennis court. Thank you. And and we have meditated there and and so up to the right, there's a big, beautiful canyon there. If you ever go to Boynton Canyon in Sedona, it's amazing. So in the Boynton Canyon, there's these lights that start coming down off the hill in, in synchronicity. And at first, I'm thinking it's like those guys who wear the helmets, you know, on their heads that have the light on it. And I thought I was they were coming to tell me because I parked illegally and I was going to get in trouble with some park rangers or something, you know. That's my first thought. And so then they start coming down. I thought, well, God, it, that doesn't make sense. And 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 then they start coming closer. I thought, well, maybe it's deer. And no, it's because it's only one light. So they come down and they get uh, from here to like, I don't know, I'm not good with 15 feet away. And they're little beings. They're like four feet tall. And they're, they're you can see through them. And um, and that's all I remember of them. They came up, and they were there. And uh, the next thing I remember, m- my friend and I are at the car, and the doors open, and we just both of us don't say anything. We get in our car and we drive back to our hotel. We say good night to each other. We don't say anything to each other, and then the next day we go back, and because um, we started talking about it. Three years later, and I have the book up in my shelf. Three years later, I'm in a bookstore in Moran County, and I'm looking in the travel section in Sedona. So I, oh, it's on Sedona. So I pick it up, and I go to the page, and it, the person tells the same experience that I had. The beings come down off the hill. They're four feet tall, and you can look through them. They're wonderful beings. They're called kakakas, K-A-K-A-K-A-S, kakakas. They have a name, and they've been here before we were, and they are the guardians of that mountain, and that you're blessed to, to have that experience, right? And and I have a book, and this other person had the experience, just like mine. So it always helps. Uh, I think that's when I started having people tell their stories because you connect dots and you connect things. So I'm, you know, I'm not crazy. <laughs> so I have someone else who had that experience, not only with me, but someone who wrote a story about it. Um, so that made me that made my day. So it was wonderful. But that was in Boynton Canyon in. Um, in Arizona, so that's that's another one that happened. Let's so. get, let's get to Human Carl's question. And, okay, and he is asking Barbara, when you were in spirit, were you constantly on the go, experiencing one thing after the other? Was there any time out time? Um, it was rapid fire. I thought about that later, Carl, and I think it's because I only had I had they wanted to give me so much information because they can only keep me there for that amount of time, considering what my body was going through. Right. It was fighting for its life. Um, and, and with that though, the, the time when I did feel the lull is when I was pissed that I was going to have to go back into that body because the body at first, I didn't even know it was my body because I'm hovering in this, at uh, this hospital and there's this kind of chubby woman <laughs> on the bed down there and my friend and I go what is she doing in the hospital I didn't even know it was me and 
And so he's, you know, he gives me the look like it's time for me to go back down into the body. Well, I get pissed off. I don't want to go back down into my body. So I go up to him and I said, look, if I'm going to go down there, I'm going to really need some help. And so what can you give me? <laughs> and so um, that's when he gave me white light. And I go, oh, that's all you're going to give me is white light after everything I've been through? And I didn't understand that at the time. He thought it was really funny. I didn't think it was funny at all. And I got pissed. I got kind of threw a little tantrum, you know. And um, But then I got over it. And, and then I went to go back down into the body. But that's, I was thinking about your question because I saw it before. And, and that's, that lull is when I kind of had the, the fight kind of with the, with the guardian a little bit. So that time seemed like it took forever, that whole little thing there. Uh, but then when I went to go transcend back into the body and fill up my whole body with white light, every little part of me. So I was totally, uh, in my body, in my skin dressing, totally in. And then I woke up and it had been two and a half days that I was in a coma. So so that was the only time I think that there was a real lull that I can remember. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> For the time that you have had ET contact experience, in mm-hmm. your last, that you told you had missing time, how long were you gone for? And have you had missing time since? I I think I have missing time a lot, but it, you know I I I more than most people I think in some ways. Um, I think that's you know I've lived alone for fifteen years, um, so um, I I think I do I think I do check out. Like I said, I know when I'm in my body and when I'm not. I do, but also there's just just time goes so fast sometimes, you know, and I don't know if that's because it is or because maybe I was abducted and brought back. And that was one of the questions I really wanted to find out from Steve and, and seeing you can't go back once you see the implants in your body and you, you can't go back once you see the, the writing on the wall per se, that they are here. You know, I, I think I go, I don't have the memory of it though. I just don't. I, I just go, it's really a, a deep hit. I'd have to go uh, under hypnosis probably right. to find it again. Would you want and to find I, out? I, I would be willing to do that for sure. Oh, so you, you you definitely would want to find out. I would want to find out. I want to know the truth always. And that's like them cloaking if they do cloak. I could handle the truth. If they're ugly, I've seen ugly people before. I don't care how ugly they were. I could get over that. We all could get over that. You know? Give us a break. No, I, I can understand that. Are, are you happy and proud to be an ET contactee? Because there are so many out there who have had not so good experiences that, you know, they they could care less if they ever had another ET contact. I I don't care if I have another one. If, uh, sometimes I wish I never would have had it, the ND and the contact. That's a part of me, that aspect of me. Um, and I could have just a normal life. But I wasn't happy in my normal life either. So um, I don't think I'm proud of it. If anything, it's been a burden to carry until just recently. 
the last few months. I mean, I, you know, I, I went out on a limb pretty far here for a long time. And, and it's wonderful now that they've come out with it. So I don't, they don't really, you know, I don't feel like they need me anymore. So I get to go retire or go on vacation or go get into some other good trouble, you know, in a good way only. Um, but I'm, I'm not proud of it. I don't think I'm proud of it, but I'm not uh, embarrassed by it. Um, it doesn't frighten me. I'm not afraid of it. I've acclimated from the very first. It was pretty out there and I was pretty, you know, it was pretty intense for a good year, two years, maybe even up to three years, mainly because of me it, having those experience and expanding, but also the psychic stuff turned on. A hundred percent, I couldn't turn it off. And I had to learn how to turn it on and off. And that took me a long time to learn how to do that. But now I think I've acclimated the experiences pretty good. And I've had a pretty normal life outside of doing my show, you know, and yes. and that sort of thing. Let's go to Sandra. Barbara Jean, when you had these experiences, were you on a respirator to help you breathe? I was... Um, during the NDE, I was uh, incubated, intubated, uh, and uh, I had something helping me breathe, yes. Laura would like to know, most have had a positive near-death experience. What are your thoughts about those who have a negative NDE? Well, that's probably made for them, for their learning, whatever it is, right? For me, for being who I am, I had this experience for me because I have, we all have different fingerprints, right? We're all unique beings. We have a collective consciousness, but we have a uniqueness to us that's made just for us. And we're like custom, custom built, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think it was made just for me. And if, if, if it would have been to my best experience to have a negative, I would have had a negative one, I think. I have a different theory on that, if I can pass mm -hmm. it by you. Yeah, yeah. I think that people who believe, for the most part, have an incredible experience. People who believe in a higher self, a higher consciousness, God or Allah or Buddha, Brahma, whatever it may be, whatever their God may be, I think that they have, because they have that belief, that for the majority of time, I'm not saying every time, but the heavy majority of the time they have a good experience. Whereas someone who has a darker experience would be more of the atheist agnostic type. And I can say that because a few years ago I had a friend pass away who is very atheist and I got hit and I'll tell you something that you don't know about me. I astral travel, mm -hmm. I, and I can do it whenever I need to. And mm -hmm. when I, I felt a panic from him, when I was thinking of him, I felt a real panic. And when mm -hmm. I astral traveled to him, he was in a very dark place with dark mm -hmm. shadows running around. He was still in the place of where he had died. And, mm -hmm. and, but there were, it was very dark, like darker than dark, but there were yes. even darker shadows running around and his feet were heavy and he couldn't move. Didn't know what was happening. Didn't know where to look. He was stuck. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's because he never had any personal belief in anything beyond. Yeah, he created that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's my theory. Yeah. I, and that's that was for his learning, right? Could have been. Could have been. Could have been, or maybe until he wakes up to something more divine, that's where he would have to stay, much like his own yeah. purgatory. Yeah, that makes sense. There, I just feel like there's someone watching out for him to have that experience. You know, I've, after you have an NDE, people think, oh, my God, you just have the most amazing life. But I think a, a lot of, of people who um, who are been through this have also know a lot of pain and suffering and you can choose to be in that pain and suffering um or you can choose to not be and you do have a choice mm-hmm. and and i've learned that over the years um i've been through a lot been through a lot of pain a lot of suffering since the nde on all sorts of different levels and um and I could barely pull myself up and out of it. Um, but I, each one I got stronger and wiser and, and um, learned from it. Tremendous uh, amount of, of wisdom from it for myself, not, you know, but, um, but it's, we have a choice. I think we have a choice. Do you think you have a choice in your next lifetime to come back? Is one of these alien things that you've been seeing? Um, I don't know. I, they're, that's a good question. Let me think about that. I'd have to think about it and get back to you. But let me, my first hit would be, I think I'm a part of them. They're a part of me. But it's not all of who I am, again. Uh, but I am, um, I like adventure. I like travel. I've traveled the world here extensively. Um I like doing that. So I could see me, you know, in a spaceship traveling around. That would be the ultimate fun. I'd like to go to Mars. I'd like to explore different planets. I would love to do all of that for sure. Um, I think they need good psychics on spaceships, right? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I think that would be wonderful. Um, Yeah. I guess we'll leave it at that, I think. What do you think extraterrestrials want with us? Whether they take us for the good or the bad or whatever it may be? What what is your what, what is your thoughts of that? I I think it's I think they've gotten what they wanted. I think they it was maybe a DNA testing. I think they were learning how we worked, what made us tick, whether that's for good or for bad. You know, uh, we'll know. We're going to know pretty soon here, right? Because it's going to be happening more and more. Um, it's It feels like a quickening to it. Um, I think there's good and bad. I don't think there's, it's so, on this planet, we're either black or white. And there's just so much gray. And it's all in the gray is where it happens, okay? Um, and we're we're being kind of fed a little at the time so that we don't 
bend our minds, right? So that we don't all go crazy. So it's it's working with us. Is it to our benefit or not? Uh, I've had positive experiences. I don't want to be mind controlled by anybody, whoever it is, whenever. So I'm a fighter. Um, Area uh, 51 wants to know, is it the same entity that visits or is it different entities? Different. They're all very different. They're all very different. Have you? It depends, you know, who I'm with and what I'm doing and where I am. So it's lo- the different locations. When I'm by myself, um, I just mainly it's the guardian. He'll still come, but it's more I don't ever get to see him with my eyes. I can, I can feel him, and um, but not very often. I've never actually seen him. I'd love to really see him. I haven't been able to do that. That would be awesome. Um, Have you ever had a negative experience? I haven't yet. I know it's not fair, right? I should have a negative in there somewhere. Um, But so far, I haven't. That I know of. Now, when I was regressed, it was all positive. There was no negatives. So... I, I think I'm, I think for me, I think I'm kind of like the guardian was for me. I think I'm like that for the people in a way that I'm kind of the, I I just said what happened. I tell my story. This is what happened. I help people tell their stories of what happened. And, um, and maybe we can find a, a middle road to be able to um, be with, be a part of our society or we be a part of their society more than and help us help us not that we need the help but we're we need to change the planet here it needs some help you said that i've said that doesn't take a a rocket scientist to figure that out if they if we can um become stronger and wiser and and um and and all the love part right and just yeah. Treat each other, you know, it's the love part. It always goes back to that. Yeah. If they're going to be a part of that, I'm down for that. But if they're going to come in and try and control and manipulate and mess with us, I'm the first one to go kick their ass, shall we say, you know? Love it. So, <laughs> Love it. We only got three and a half minutes to go. How do you now counsel people in order to help them understand what they're going through? Well, I... I, I usually do psychic readings. I'll start with the reading with them. And I have a school um, where I teach people how to get in tune with their own psychic abilities, how to work with their body, how to work with uh, the dimensional parts, aspects of themselves, um, to work with their auric field, to work with their chakras, work with what it is to have this beautiful body and, and work with it so that um, you can use it to create help create, you know, a, a new planet, a new world, uh, uh, a happier place to be. And not in a woo-woo way, but in a very practical, respectful, honorable, loving way. Well, I think that's great. I think that's absolutely great. And for people who want to get a hold of you, maybe for a reading or something mm-hmm. like that, where where would they go and how long are your readings for? I do. I usually do an hour, but I've been doing half hour ones too. Um, you can reach me at Barbara at esoterra.us. That's B A R B A R A at 
E-S-O-T-E-R-A.us. And they can also reach me at uh, thecosmicoracle at gmail.com if they want to do that. Or uh, they can reach me on Facebook. I'm still on Facebook. Don't tell anybody. No, just kidding. And uh, they can reach me on Facebook. And I do have, uh, that's probably the best way, message me. They can text me. I can give you my number. I'm wide wide open on that. It's probably being tapped anyway. So yeah, well, <laughs> give your number. You know, people look you up. You can give, and they message you. You can give me your number that way. Okay. All right, I think, good. I think that'd be easier. But you know, it's for ICT contactees. We never know when it's going to happen. We never know no. how it's going to happen. Who's coming through? Who's not? For you, have you been able to figure that out yet? Well, I, I know I can feel it when it's coming a little bit, you know, because it gets colder. Uh, the time seems a little bit different. And um, and I'm just ready for it, you know, where you just kind of know it. There's there's sense, uh, a sensibility of knowingness that, that it's going to happen. And what does that feel like? Um, it feels a little bit tense. <laughs> a little bit cold, a little bit tense. and uh, But I'm not afraid as I used to be. I'm not afraid anymore. I used to be afraid, but now I'm not. Until they come in there, I probably would be afraid. You know, that's probably why I haven't seen them, right? Because, you know... I would really like to see him in the 3D. I know, be careful what you ask for. I always want to have him come over for dinner. Sit at my table. Let's share, break some bread. Let's, you know, open up all of wine and let's talk. That would be the ultimate ET experience for me, okay? So they could do it my style or your style, right? Not just their agenda all the time. How about our own agenda? So uh, Hey, I'm still trying to figure out my own. Barbara Jean Lindsay. I'm so glad we had a chance to reconnect here, my friend. You continue to stay awesome, and thank you so much for your love. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Love you, my friend. Love you, too. Coming up next on Spaced Out Radio, Steve Stockton from Among the Missing gives us another spooky story. Then Terry Hall filling in for little Timmy Senor on the UFO Report we got a great show in the final hour coming at you. Stay tuned. Thanks, Barbara. Thank you. Bye. We'll see you in Reno. I, I look forward to it. Good. Good. <laughs> All right, my dear. Take care. I'll be right back, guys. <clears throat>
right, I am back. Alright. Hello, Elby. How are you? Good to see you. Neil Warden, nice to have you back. And who else has joined us here? Yeah, Barbara Jean's awesome. Hey, there's Random Gee. Random Gee. What's happening? <clears throat> Terry Hall, time for you to come on in. Magnolia, good to see you. Oh, Terry's mustache is looking just on top of the world right now. On top of the world. All right, big thank you tonight to Area 51, Human Carl, Bill, C.S. Vanessa, Ozzy Ange, W. Decker, Toe Tag, and Deb for the Super Chats. It's a great way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. Hey, on our website, we got info for Reno, May 10th through 12th, 2024. Come join us for the third annual fan party in Reno, Nevada. Barbara's going to be there. Geraldine's going to be there. Science Bob is going to be there. Jim Goodall's going to be there. Many others to announce as time moves forward, as we want all of you there as well. It's going to be a live show. There's going to be a ghost hunt in Virginia City, I believe. Skywatch. Lots of good stuff coming for that weekend. Hey, if you want nice swag, head on over to spacedoutradio.com because we don't carry ugly swag around here. And join the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. The link is in the description of this show below on YouTube. Here we go. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Here we go with the third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Always appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Please join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. What do you got for us, Clam? Zendik. Zendik is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. It is that time of the night where we kick off hour number three with Steve Stockton from the YouTube channel Among the Missing and another creepy story. Hello, friends. Welcome to Among the Missing YouTube channel on Spaced Out Radio. I'm Steve Stockton, and I'm about to take you on an unbelievable journey of people just like you. Their stories and encounters will haunt us on Among the Missing. 
Bermuda Triangle, or the Devil's Triangle, is situated in the Atlantic Ocean near the coasts of Bermuda, Puerto Rico, and Florida. It is infamous for its mysterious disappearances, as also referred to as the Devil's Triangle. The region covers an area of around 500,000 square miles. It's believed to be a hub of UFO sightings and paranormal and supernatural occurrences. Reports of strange events in this area date back to the time of Christopher Columbus. In March 1918, the USS Cyclops, a collier that assisted U.S. warships in different areas, vanished with all crew members during World War I. The possibility of the Cyclops being sunk by a German submarine led to numerous search efforts, but the wreckage has yet to be found, leaving its disappearance a perplexing enigma. The lack of a distress signal and any sign of its location further adds to the mystery. Then at 2 p.m. on December 5, 1945, Lieutenant Charles C. Taylor led a team of five TBM Avenger torpedo bombers on a navigational training flight from the U.S. Naval Air Station in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Lieutenant Taylor was an experienced naval aviator who had flown extensively during World War II. The group of planes, known as Flight 19, had been assigned Navigation Problem Number 1, which involved flying east from the Florida coast, conducting bombing runs at Hens and Chicken Shoals, turning north, flying over Grand Bahama Island, and then returning to NAS Fort Lauderdale. The weather was expected to be normal, with just a few scattered showers. During the initial part of the flight, the team successfully released practice bombs without any issues. However, as they turned north for the second leg of the journey, Flight 19 encountered problems. At around 3.45 p.m., the flight tower in Fort Lauderdale received a message from Taylor, who sounded anxious and disoriented. He reported, I cannot see land. We appear to be off course. The tower asked for their position, and there was a few moments of silence. Tower personnel peered into the clear day in the directions where the planes were supposed to be operating, but there was no sign of them. We cannot be sure where we are, the flight leader announced. Repeat, cannot see land. Communication was interrupted for roughly ten minutes, and upon its resumption, the voice heard was not that of the flight leader. The voice reported that they could not locate west and that everything appeared incorrect. They could not be sure of any direction, and everything seemed unfamiliar, including the ocean. Following a further pause, tower personnel intercepted transmissions indicating that the flight leader had relinquished command to an unknown pilot for undisclosed reasons. The new leader's voice finally broke the radio silence after 20 minutes, but it was shaky and bordering on hysteria. They reported that they were lost and unable to determine their location. The pilot mentioned that they might be around 225 miles northeast of the base and continued to ramble incoherently before uttering the last words ever heard from Flight 19. They said they were entering white water and confirmed that they were utterly lost. In response, the tower quickly dispatched two PBM Mariner flying boats equipped with rescue equipment. The rescue team was looking for Flight 19's last known estimated position. They communicated with the tower 10 minutes after takeoff, but sadly, that was the last time one of the rescue planes spoke with Fort Lauderdale's flight operations. This event caused six aircraft and their crew to go missing. The Coast Guard, Navy, and Naval Aviation personnel searched over 25,000 square miles of Atlantic and Gulf waters for five days, but found nothing. 
The Flight 19 tragedy resulted in the loss of 14 men, while 13 more were lost during the attempted rescue by PBM Mariner. Many theories attempt to explain different phenomena, ranging from environmental factors and human mistakes to hexagonal clouds, methane hydrates, electronic fog, the lost city of Atlantis, and yes, even the paranormal. Despite this, the most likely explanations for most occurrences are inclement weather and human error. And thank you to Steve Stockton for another crazy report on the Bermuda Triangle on Among the Missing that kicks off hour number three of this show each and every night. And if you want more, just head on over to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Among the Missing. All right, from the missing to the mysterious, we bring in Terry Hall filling in for little Timmy Senor, who's on vacation, and the UFO report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. The man with the most magnetic mustache in ufology, Terry Hall, coming on in for the UFO report. Terry, how you been doing, my man? Can you unmute your microphone? Still, there you go. We don't have you, Terry. We don't have any sound from you. We cannot hear you. Hmm. We're working on it. There you go. There you go. Now we got you. Try turning on your headset. My dogs were acting up a minute ago, and I had to mute it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, That's quite all right. That's quite all right. You know, I want to get your opinion on something right off the bat here, you know, because, you know, there's a lot going on in the world. The UFO story kind of takes a sidestep here for a little bit. but. Yeah. But Ross Coltart, the famed journalist who's been covering a lot of this UFO story over the last couple of years since he's jumped into it, he's gone on a couple of different podcasts recently and said the exact same thing, that he believes that there is this phenomenon happening in the UFO world where there are a bunch of people who are just brazenly attacking anybody who is covering this story and he doesn't know what the what the reasoning is behind it he doesn't know why it's happening that way but he says it's getting very ugly and people really need to be starting to be a little bit more accountable for their words on on social media because you know whether you believe it or not words can hurt and and especially when you're hiding behind a keyboard. So what's your thoughts on this? That's very true. I mean, it, and it's, it doesn't just apply to this. Of course, it applies all the way across social media. If we're looking at the social media aspect of it. I mean, Paris Hilton came out the other day because she didn't celebrate her father's birthday significantly enough, I guess, on her platforms. And people told her to go kill herself because they didn't think she was celebrating right now. When it comes to UFOs, I think absolutely we all need to have accountability for what we say. But you've also noticed, Dave, the phenomena in this, that the people that are being heard, 
when they get hurt, either get attacked or if they don't get attacked, they get attacked in, a, in another way to where other things outside influences start making a difference in what they say. So I think that what we do here, especially at, at Spaced Out Radio and platforms like yours, is to, to just stick to the truth and report it down the middle, just like you always have, without opinion, without you know, one side or the other, because we get that in everyday life all the time. I mean, politics, for instance, you could turn on one channel and it says one thing, and you could turn on another channel that says exactly the opposite. But in this field, unfortunately, sometimes it's not just words that hurt, but people get hurt. And that's the bad part about it. What do you think? Well, you know what? We've seen a number of cases where people from Lou Elizondo to to even regular people who have an interest in this subject getting doxxed because they have a differing opinion. And let's face it, uh, you know, it's one of the running jokes that we have behind the scenes, Terry, as you know, is I refuse to do things via text message because you never, yes. ever read a text message properly. Very rarely do you. And, you know, so one of my business implements for Spaced Out Radio is if you, you know, after three or four text messages, I'm picking up that phone to call because I don't have time to read text messages. I have time for an intellectual phone conversation. And pardon me. And I think a lot and if of times. You got time to text. You got time to pick up a phone. That's you, that's Dave in a in a in a jar, guys. <laughs> yeah, and and I think what happens here is a lot of people are very passionate about this subject, whether they're experiencers or whether they are people who just want to see the evidence and the proof of what the United States government is is covering, and you know. The point, the point that I'm getting at is, I think a lot of times we're reading these tweets, we're reading these these uh, stories on Facebook and 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 other things, and we're translating them the way we are reading them rather than the way they are meant, and therefore I think it allows a lot of people to attack. Okay, like I take somebody who I respect, like John Greenwald from the Black Vault. I mean, there's somebody who literally gets attacked on a daily basis for trying to do his job. Now, sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes he gets a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit opinionated, but we all do. We're allowed on our platform to give our uh, opinion. Okay. And, and it just doesn't work for him. You know, I mean, for some people, they feel they got to go absolutely balls to the wall and trying to, to uh, insult or him or, or whatever. And, you know, then you get those people who have those, you know, those aha gotcha moments, which is instead of taking the entire sentence, they're pulling out about three, four words from that sentence. Well, you said this, you said this, I heard it, you said this, and you're like, you, you're taking you know, it out of context, Dave, right? I might get an instant black eye for this, and I apologize for interrupting you. But this has been on my mind for quite a long time. That's Neil deGrasse Tyson in a handbasket. That man takes stupid pleasure in using what he considers his supreme superior intelligence and in mocking this whole thing. 
And it, it breaks all the way down to, well, we've we've been broadcasting for 70 years, so that's seven, only 70 light years, and that's not even enough to reach our nearest star. So no, nobody's listening to us, and no, we're not interesting enough for anything to be interested in us. And our planet's just another one out. And you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson does that all the time. That's a man who has been on the largest podcasts in the world, but. On the other hand, we have 2,000 reports in Maryland. How much more pressing can you get than to be Maryland for our Canadian friends is right next to our nation's capital. It's uh, Maryland's here and Washington, D.C.'s right there. We had 2,000. Now, this wasn't just public reports. It, I'm not including the public reports. We had 2,000 reports from pilots and from police officers and credible witnesses who are some of the best observers of the world. 2,000 reports. That was just last year. But this is an oppressing issue, and it's something that people like Neil deGrasse Tyson can, can dismiss out of hand, according to him. Well, what may, what would make it in your idea a pressing report? The media, you know, love them or hate them, they they've kind of done their job, which is covering this story, something that they've never really done. What more needs to be done with these mm-hmm. reports? I think we need to bring it to ground. We need to get to the point. I think we're to that point that everyone is asking the same question. Why are they coming here? Are we an uh, intergalactic freeway off-ramp? Are we Disneyland? Uh, do Are we the best realistic, most realistic TV show in the universe? And people come here to see the stories of the show. And I, I mean, who, we're to the point of why. We know they're coming. We pretty much know what kind of things they're bringing here okay we see the portals plenty uh, lots and lots and lots of reports about portals what freaks me out is not on what's this side of the portal where are they coming from on the other side of the portal what what what's there it's there it's right there they're coming through that from something right okay that's one two why are like i said are we an off-ramp uh are we uh you know a, a convenient stop is that what it is what's the deal that's the two big ones for me after all that we can get into how are they getting here the technology the nuts and bolts and all the psychology and and you know everything that has to do with religion and everything else but i think we've gotten to that point to where we're all frustrated enough to we need to bring this to ground. They're coming here and going somewhere. Where? Is it in the ocean? Do they have bases here? Is it in the mountains? Is it what? And why? Why are they coming here? What for? I, I'm to the point of just frustration because I'm looking at computer screens and there's story after story after story after story. And they all say the same thing, basically. They're here. 
that question solved just like you said why are they here well what do you think dave well i i think that's a that's a deep question on on why they are here what are they doing is it is it our resources is it people is it curiosity is it you know the best reality tv show going on in the universe where we have everything going on and i i think that that they are here because maybe they're a part of us one way or another i think they've been visiting here for millennia not just the last 70 years since the roswell crash you know but the the, the getting back to the original topic for a second you know, when we look at those who are are fired up about this topic or, or you know, tracing down, you know, a lot of things what we hear is a lot of us will use, you know, as journalists, we'll use our sources. And people are getting fed up that, you know, our sources aren't named. Well, we can't name our sources because if we name <laughs> our if we name our sources, guess what happens? That line of information immediately closes. It immediately closes. That person now has had his had his or her trust broken, and they're not going to talk to you anymore. Or let's say they're within government and people find out who it is. They could get fired, have their disciplinary case put against them, where they lose their top secret clearance or above top secret clearance. Why would somebody give that up? You know, I mean, everybody's like, that's what these new laws are supposed to be covering. Yeah, but they're not going to cover it, Terry. They're not going to cover it. Let's, let's just say hypothetically. Okay. You have, Oh, pick a name, pick a name. Let's say the head of the joint chiefs of staff. Let's okay. just say Pickle Rick. We'll keep it neutral. No, no. Let's, let's say let's, Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick, who is the is the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, <clears throat> and you don't know, or nobody knows, that Dave here is talking to the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff about UFOs. If I come out and name him, yeah, I'm getting my information from the Joint Chiefs of Staff. What happens? He gets fired. TTSA. That's what happens. No, he gets fired. Yeah. Okay. He His career is over. All because I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Right. Right. Or I can use the word sources, which frustrates people, and keep that door open for more information to leak out. To keep myself... Well, I think- going as well for for information that I get to bring to the public. You're thinking of it on the journalist aspect of it, Dave, because you, you have a credo because you're a journalist to protect your sources. That's something that's just built into you. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us that have been involved in this aspect of the phenomenon long enough have have built up trust with people because of that because we can keep our mouth shut and at times it's hard uh, especially when people come at you sideways or you get told things from certain alphabetical agencies that mess with you because that happens too but 
what happens is just like what happened with with the early part of TTSA with Podesta and all that when the with the emails broke, all of it got put to the side because they got attacked. Now, your favorite favorite agency in the world, Dave NASA, when asked who was going to head all of this up, refused to give a name because they were afraid of reprisals. That is a constant thing, and what this is and to get to the point of why they're here we have to get to the point to where we can discuss this openly and so the sources and i'm protecting i've been sworn to secrecy should be able to come to an end because those people should be able to come forward on their own and be able to talk about this in an open and frank manner and be heard because part A is answered. And on that part note, B Terry, what's important. carry that over to when we get back from the break. Terry Hall, our insider, looking into the UFO report, filling in for vacationing Tim Senor tonight on Spaced Out Radio. We'll continue with the UFO talk when we return on the Mighty SOR. Stay tuned. All right, we're clear. We're clear. We're clear. Yeah, man. I'm dead serious, dude. I'm sitting down here in SOR in the Batcave, you know, at Ground Central. And with all the turmoil that's going on in the world and everything that's going on, and then you've got, it just keeps stacking and stacking and stacking. And it, is it, you know, is it a way? It's kind of odd because you got guys like Professor Brian Cox weighing in on this stuff now. Uh, Tim Burchett, you've got all the whistleblower claims, and we know now that there were over 30 of them. But where's the evidence? Where's Where's their evidence that they're talking about? Where is the live coverage of Edmund Air Force Base and the UFO floating five feet off the ground or whatever? You know, it's... Mm -hmm. uh, is it Congress's... Is it... You know, especially in the wording of what they did where they, they included balloons in it. And now Congress has a way to to float secure skies after the Chinese balloon gig. It floated across America and they only caught it when it was right. <laughs> None of this makes sense anymore, Dave. We're, we've oh, gotten to I that point. That, that I hear you, just... dude. <clears throat> it's a little frustrating. That is well, for you've sure. got Republican lawmakers making these huge claims that the U.S. is hiding uh, evidence of UFOs. Uh, then the next story says what to expect in the in the House committee when looking into UFOs. <laughs> RG says the evidence is not there because it's 100% our stuff. Well, RG, is it all? Okay, 98%. He, he answered the question before I even got out of my mouth. 
RG also has, let's just be clear here. RG also has himself his own set of aliens. Well, yeah, that he does. And mm-hmm. Dave's an alien because the, all the astral projection and stuff, man. The, the, the last major surgery I had, climbing my way back out of anesthetic, like felt like some kind of afterlife experience, man. I still have nightmares about that one. <laughs> Hey, badass but when Billy I close Gunn, my eyes, how are Nicole, you? I end up examining the inside of my eyelids, which makes me circular think and brings me back to the original problem. So, as a general rule, that doesn't work. My wife has to hit me in the head with the frying pan. That that works most times, and that's why I have this big knot on the back of my head and that beautiful mustache on the front. Hello, Nicole <laughs> Sackage. Hello, badass Billy Gunn. And who else has shown up here? Sovereign Farts, fart hard, buddy. And uh, Griffin, good to see you. Oh, okay, Nicole's not here. She's trying to sleep. All right. Well, what could we do here? Hmm. 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 Well, they were talking about Terry Hall uh, You're Terry playing Hall. the blues earlier, and it, it was uh, you know it wasn't me, Terry Hall. And I'll tell you, if you got hands that are this ugly, you, you you just don't play guitar anymore. I can't even play bass anymore. I have trigger fingers mm-hmm. now that stick. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and I had a double birthday this weekend. It was my wife's birthday and my son's birthday. Mm-hmm. And uh, his favorite teams played. His favorite team played and won yesterday. So that was on his birthday. So that was cool, very cool. How was the fishing? You and your fishing pitchers. It was fantastic. <laughs> That's another thing, you know. <clears throat> we've got this really awesome website, Dave. That the host that are on the show should really be posting pictures on and, and showing our adoring audience what you guys do because it is actually Dave lives dude Dave lives such a charmed life. He he goes out in the woods and hunts for these things that are like ten feet tall away a thousand pounds and if they ever got really angry could just take you and everybody else out. But he does that for recreation, you know, and he, he takes gifts too. Yeah. He, Hunting ghosts, yeah, he, he does that. Not only can he hunt them, he finds them. He, he does that too, and and oh, of course, the, the UFO thing. Yeah, oh yeah, and he'll call hold you on, when hold you're on, Terry. Here we go, fifteen hundred miles away. Here we go with the final half hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, 
Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and now on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Here is Terry Hall filling in for our good friend, little Timmy Senor, as our resident Timbit is on vacation for a couple of days here. Terry, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, sir. Thank you for having me. And it's roly-poly fish heads, Billy Gum. Roly-poly fish heads. That's right. Whatever that may mean. But that's okay. Now, that's okay. RG, I want to get this on record right now. We, everybody's got to take this and, and, and mark it on their Google calendar, do whatever. RG said, and I quote, there's going to be a UFO sighting in Lebanon in the next week or so. Let's see if he's the prophet that we think he is, that we hope he is. The question is, what kind of black triangle will it be? And how big will it be? It's amazing how these black triangles all of a sudden seem to pop out of nowhere when there is conflict around the world. They are seen. They've been seen during the Russia-Ukraine conflict. They were seen all over the Middle East during uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. First time and second time. It's amazing how these black isn't that, on, isn't that on enough how the orbs don't seem to be as prevalent as the triangles do in situations like that? Well, you know. I wonder why. It, it would make you think that maybe, just maybe, a lot of these black triangles that we are seeing out there are, absol- are, are absolutely ours and are mainly maybe observation decks for what is going on on the ground and below them. What's your thoughts on that, Terry? It, that's a huge, huge, huge possibility. Uh, I mean, Kelly said it himself, whatever you can think of, there are 30, 50 years ahead of that. Yes, you were right about that. You were right about that. And if those black triangles are ours. Wow, you sounded like an infomercial there for a second. He froze up. Well, they're watching us again, Dave. Satellites are over top of me again. Actually, the Blackhawks have been coming back around again. Every Tuesday and Thursday at 8.30, like clockwork. Land for 15 minutes across the street. They're back up and they're gone every Tuesday and Thursday. And the signal's been a little odd around here again because of that. But back to the original subject. (coughs) Excuse me. Where did we leave off? I don't know where we broke off. Black triangles over top of war sites. No, that's like a... Said that's that's absolute. Every we've known about the Delta program for a very long time. Um, they said they're lucky that the skunk works. Whatever you can think of, they're fifty years past that, pal. So uh, that's Stephen Greer and others are talking about the false flag deal again. Um, what what gets me is behind the scenes, Dave. Um, 
everybody's still making kind of funny jokes about the space force, but they've taken over the helioscopic telescopes. They've taken over quite a few of the things that would have been done by other agencies, such as FEMA, the Navy, the Army, the Marine Corps, first responding agencies are all in the hands of the space force now. We don't have the ability to look out into certain places in our in our own solar system because those are now military run. So we've got all the conflict here. We've got all the conflict about this in the scene. Now we've got what we have been made aware of man-made platforms, as you said. Has it gone to the point of now engineered thing? I think, Dave, that one of the reasons why abductions happen is because maybe these entities are so different from ourselves that they need to engineer something that can interact with us. So maybe that's why, like, these aliens that they have in, in uh, Mexico Maybe that's why they have a 30% DNA match to us because of something like that. But what's your thoughts on it? Well, speaking of Peru, curious to get your thoughts over this because allegedly there's been another attack from an alien on a little boy who who was filmed with scars all over his body claim that this thing was not human. And here we go again in Peru. Well, it wasn't only Peru. We had another report in Las Vegas of a, of a, a little boy. Uh, and it just came out. He was sharing drawings of, of a very similar situation. But this whole South America thing, I'm genuinely puzzled about this. That, it's frightening to me uh, because things that uh, is it just me, Dave, or are a lot of the South America type deals a lot more violent that have really get reported here in the United States. We we know of events where people have been burned, and it, it wasn't a direct like on purpose, but it was something floating over the top of the favelas where they have little holes in their roofs and where this light penetrated, it would burn the flesh, the skin. Uh, We have, you know, radiation sickness down there. Uh, We've had deaths reported from interactions with extraterrestrial. It seems to me like the south of the border, what happens down there is much different than what happens up here. Well, according to this report, this little boy was attacked with a laser weapon of some sort by these strange, weird-looking beings. The child said the being was a gringo dressed in black carrying a laser and a knife. Now... That doesn't sound too alien because we do have knives here and we do have lasers. But absolutely, you know, can a child, you know, really describe the difference between a man or a an alien? Or is it going to be more imagination Dave, on the alien side? I 
when it depending on a couple of different things um i can see it going one way or the other but you put something strange enough in front of a of a child now with as much airtime as this is getting and it doesn't take much to put two and two together we absolutely have handheld lasers now that can that can hurt you oh i get you absolutely i get that we've had knives for a very long time too um i don't know what's going on down there i really don't that well there's more terry there's more Okay, so this young man between the age of 18 and 20 named Pablo Bardales, he's from a village called Jorge Chavez, okay, near Lake Pucuna in Peru. And apparently he went to hospital after these unknown beings was uh, gave him severe damage to his lungs. He was flown uh, into uh, one of the major cities for uh, medical attention. Okay. They were saying that these aliens attacking, they shine from head to toe. They call them the palacaras or the face peelers in English. Yes. I mean, and, and this is in the middle of nowhere. Okay. And apparently, this isn't the first time these aliens have got to Pablo. I mean, what is nope. going on? Now, let's let's be realistic here for a quick second, okay? We know that there are a lot of cartels in South America. We know that there Absolutely. are a lot of, of gold miners. Uh, we know that there are a lot of, of bad people down there who will do anything and, and, and to try and make a dollar. We know that. Could this be a big human hoax trying to scare people with the alien stuff, even though this has been going on for like the last 30 years? I can't see it because there's no money in it. Putting on a hoax like that now brings you nothing but ridicule anymore. You, there's no paycheck in it. If you don't have something hard, I mean, that you can present, here you go. I mean, look what just happened with the aliens that in the Mexican Congress. It was a big story for that long. These guys that are coming forward saying this stuff, they're not making any money. And I tell you what, I grew up, I grew up in Southern California, down in Mexico, and a lot of those people have one thing. If they don't have two pennies in their pocket, Dave, they have integrity. And they don't just tell these stories to be telling these stories. There's got to be a grain of truth behind some of this somewhere. Um, maybe the reason why we're getting things like this out of there now is because they don't have the same type of technology that we do. They don't have access to get the story out that we do it, it might take a month to get from point a to point b down there so if you were something coming here would you want to land somewhere where you're going to get picked apart or would you want to land somewhere where you could pick it apart first and take a look which is the luxury they have down there 
You can land in the middle of the Amazon. Nobody even know you're there. Maybe these guys are running across these things, and in the heat of the moment, they're trying to defend, or they would think they were trying to defend themselves. I mean, it's all human thing to me. I don't know how to think like an alien. I have no idea what they're doing. But that poor young man, Jorge Chavez, when you see him, and that when he gives his statement, that guy looks scared to death. There, I can't tell you the man's lying, Dave. Well, I mean, if you look at the the video of the last footage that came out a few weeks ago, with the one on top of the roof of the of the town, there's a slow motion version of that one, where to me the thing looks like a manted being. Doesn't look human. Yeah. Looks like a manted being. And then you get the story of the the, and it's common enough to give it a name: the face peelers. Yeah, I mean that one. That one video was very graphic, very graphic, and absolutely the there is no baloney about behind the name there. But then again, you know when you hear the stories, it's always the 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 reptoids the, the and the mantids are always the more of the violent side. The greys have always kind of been more of a scientific deal. And then you've got the tall whites who are supposed to be here to help everybody. At least that's the way it's been broken down for a lot of years. I, I get that. I, I do appreciate that. Okay, let's let's move on here because, you know, we have only about six minutes to go here before we have to say goodnight tonight. But, I mean, do you think that this current conflict and the many conflicts that are going on around the world, do you think that when it comes to the United States that this is going to put any sort of hold on any further hearings for UFOs? Because, let's face it, there's a lot of bad stuff happening right now, and the world is going to need their police officer to start acting very, very soon or coming up with some stuff very, very soon. I think UFOs might be put on the back burner here for a little bit. What's your thoughts? Dave, I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I'm sitting here scared to death right now with a few of the things. Look, I'm not religious per se. I'm, I'm what you would call a theologian. I've been exposed to a good many different religions enough to know that they're there isn't one religion that can say that's my God and mean it, okay? They do mean it. Everybody means it in their own way, but God's God, okay? In the Bible, in the book of Revelations, I've read it. A lot of people have. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things that you can place on any given time and any point in history. But I tell you what, there's a lot of stuff going on in that book right now that's going on on the planet right now, too, right? With what's going on in the world, let's just say, let's just take the last year. UFO encounters have doubled in the last year. That's what the military officials say. And it's gotten us to this point. With the further conflicts that keep happening, is that going to draw them here more 
or is that going to put a stop to them coming here because they finally made their mind up that we're just too crazy to deal with, right? I would hope that it doesn't. It seems... I don't see a stop in it yet, but we haven't got to the beginning of the fiscal year. We've got a lot of things that are going to come up because down here in the States, we've got an election that's going to be, that's already brewing. Okay. Uh, we're seeing, Dave, down here in America, we're seeing our, basically everything in our government fall apart. So to try to predict whether we're going to have a UFO, any movement in it, Besides to put it back in the bottle, if it doesn't go their way, I can't. I can't even begin to guess on. Well, there's just I. I just there's too much going on in the world. There is a lot going on in the world right now, and you know, which has the potential to escalate into something extremely ugly that our generations have never seen. I mean, we we talk about you know potential of of horrifying natures here and, you know, looking at it and keeping it on a UFO front rather than a, a scary world front. I just don't see where the, the UFO story, the UFO uh, argument can continue right now in Washington, DC with future hearings put on by people like Timber Chet or whoever else right now until this latest you know. conflict is solved or or there seems to be something of a, of an ending that would be coming to this but i mean this is something that i mean we could be talking about this situation in the middle east right now it could go on for another week it could go on for another month it could go on for another year we don't know and it might also ignite other hot spots that are that are smoldering right now as well. So, I mean, it is a scary time for all of us right now. And, and you know what? Well, you've got NATO's getting wrapped up pretty deep. Poland's in conflict with the Ukraine right now. We've got the Israeli thing going on. It's, it's getting really spooky out there. Really is. Well, we're going to start to fight some kind of war like that. We, we need, need the aliens to come down here and save us. Help! Help! <laughs> well, what we do need is we do need the, the listeners of this show to start manifesting some positivity around the world, and to start yes, absolutely, and to start uh, sending some some loving and healing prayers on a lot of people, man. Because otherwise, not only that, but. Everybody needs to share this too. There's a little share button on everybody's on the phone, right? You know, where you're sitting there, you're looking at it. There's a little arrow right there. Share this. Do like your mama told you and share this. Quit being so selfish. Well, we are on the radio. So um, (laughs) let's remember that. Well, they don't have that kind of button on the radio. No, they do not. But but they can play the podcast. Go home. They can play the podcast. You, see, you're already thinking three steps ahead of me. That's why I never play chess with you, because I'd lose. I would just lose. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens and plays out. But as of right now, I don't think we're going to see. And this is just my initial thoughts of everything. I don't think we're going to see any sort of UFO hearings being announced anytime soon right now, because there are bigger things no. and bigger fish to fry right now around the world where UFOs, no matter how important that subject is to humanity, it's going to take a backseat here. 
And I think this may be the break that many of those companies were waiting for to get this uh, topic back under the carpet, so to speak. And unfortunately, this, I have to agree. And this is also, really and this is also where I think a lot of people may drop. If if this continues on for a while, we may see a lot of people drop from ufology and go on to other things, which means that real ufology gets to take over its daytime things again. Terry Hall, appreciate you so coming on in. I just, I hope, I hope it doesn't lose enough steam to where the next step to move anything forward would be, you've got to show me something or shut up, right? <laughs> you never know, my man. You never know. I appreciate you filling in <laughs> for little Timmy Senor right now. I really do appreciate that. And a big thank you to our good friend Steve Stockton from Among the Missing and our guest tonight, Barbara Jean Lindsay, about NDEs and more. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAB, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter or X at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night.